I need the pressure, pump up my tire. Even your rain can't put out my fire. <laughs> give me, give me more pressure, that pressure. You try to label me, I ain't gonna worry. I'm not the original, not the generic. I'm a graduate, you a college kid. I wrote the book on the game that you've been studying. It's time to celebrate the solo career of Keisha Karish Fayen Buchanan. Woohoo! You're listening to Pot of the Pops, the podcast for reliving and reloving your pop culture moments. Season two, the Sugar Babes, the trials and tribulations, the comings and goings, and the what? Solo careers on Pot of the Pops? Well, I never. <laughs> Welcome back to Pod of the Pops, the podcast that celebrates the solo careers of British girl band members. I'm your host, comedian Erin Twitchin, the English rose between two Scottish thistles. Hiya, I'm Lauren. And I'm Karen. This series, we are looking at the girl band who put sick into elevator music. It's <laughs> the Sugar Babes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Funny that she said, I'm not the original, mate. Actually, she did. I actually read it wrong. <laughs> Why is she going shade herself? Like she was being blue. No, I read it wrong. She says I'm the original, but I just felt like I'd really given it such a performance, and I felt like Keisha herself has probably sometimes made a mistake in a lyric, but thought no, I delivered it so well, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That and it's my birthday. I want to go get drunk. So <laughs> power through. <laughs> As you know, we have been studying the solo careers of members of the best-selling British girl band of the noughties. And we've made it to potentially the messiest episode, the ousting of Keisha Buchanan. Keeping the best to last. Grab yourself a little sweater, cause it's gonna get shady. <laughs> so where did we leave it? They are coming off the back of their second consecutive number one, the curiously titled Change. Mm-hmm. The Sugar Babes are back at a commercial high. Yeah. No. The misstep of the greatest hits that we've talked about, but yeah. they are back and change is certainly a coming. <laughs> they go straight back into the studio to work on their next album. These album cycles are exhausting. Like, Yeah, Jesus. Is it any wonder that there were problems? Yeah. I know. I feel like, were they ever allowed to have a break? Apart from literally, they I'm had those, about to give birth to Yeah, they had those 13 months. Between caught in a moment and push the button. God. And that is the longest I saw. But then if you think Girls Aloud were literally an album a year, at least they had one year without an album. Right. And they would have had a bit more of a break between One Touch and Angels. Yeah. But, you know, they were... Dropped. 12. <laughs> and, and dropped. <laughs> so the album that we were talking about on this episode is Catfights and Spotlights. This album was actually an accident. So they were meant to take time off. Those oh. greatest hits. I mean, sounds like retirement to me. Yeah. Like, it's, especially like, because you would have brought a mail in and then you would have done one track and then done Greatest Hits. Yeah. I don't think that would have been a smart move. But there were so many producers that wanted to work with them that they thought, oh, let's go for it. I mean, that's a compliment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It is a new direction. They say they want more of a live sound. Keisha says Heidi's been going to some gigs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is a self-imposed electro-pop ban. Ban. It's out. Leave that shit with Mutcher. I 
wonder what causes because you can hear mm. I think you can hear the roots of the Catfights and Spotlights album in the Change album back yeah. end of that album yeah. like back when Open the Door you can sort of hear that swift switch towards this yeah I wonder if a part of the electro pop band is because those tracks on Change that were those bangers are Xenomania yeah they are so akin to Girls Aloud yes that maybe are. the Sugar Babes were like look we just we want to separate ourselves. We were always about harmonies and vocals. Yeah. Let's get back to that. I th- I think that's, you know, a fair assertion on their part. Because, like you say, at that point, the industry was kind of saturated with that vibe. And it's like, yeah. let's try and differentiate ourselves. Revive, renew, refresh. Indeed. Well, they revive, renew, refresh, return with the song that reminds us all we may need to top up on shampoo and moisturiser. Where my girls? Anyone seen them? I hope they show up because here come the girls. <laughs> here come the girls. We can't play it, so I will do. It. Here come the girls. And it was here on an advert as well. A yeah, boots advert. That's why I made so the joke about shampoo and moisturizer. Oh, I don't get that. <laughs> and our American friends wouldn't have got that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, boots, which is a massive pharmacy, like CVS. Yeah, like CVS. So, well, what actually happened is it's built around a sample of Here Come the Girls by Ernie K. Joe. Mm-hmm. And they'd had the sample for a while. So it had been proposed for maybe the Change or the Taller album. Um, but they hadn't really done anything with it. Mm. And then it becomes, the original song becomes used in a Boots Pharmacy advert. Yeah. And the Sugar Babes go, oh, God, that's quite catchy, that, isn't it? Isn't People it? like that. Yeah. Uh, and the Sugar Babes management put it back to them. And they go in and record a version. And then Boots do eventually use their version. Ah. It all felt very odd at the time to me. I was like, why are they singing that goddamn advert song? Because the advert had been out for ages and had been irritating me for ages. So I feel like it's strange because they went, you know, before it was like, let's slap it on a soundtrack. Now it's like, let's take a song (laughs) from an advert. What? Management decided. Fair enough, perfect. Yeah. Well, interestingly, Keisha is the only girl with a songwriting credit on this. Okay. So is this not a cover? It's a sample. Yeah, I feel like I've heard it, like, years and years ago, but mm-hmm. not those lyrics then. Yeah. yeah. No, so they rewrote yeah. the verses. It was like yeah. what they did with Shape of My Heart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Also, like, odd if you're going into your, oh, this is our do what live album, mm. and here we are using a Boots advert as the lead single. <laughs> I can't imagine that was Keisha's choice. <laughs> no. But Keisha is the only one that gets a songwriting credit. I imagine a Mel and Heidi were stocking up on fake tan, <laughs> getting that tinted moisturiser out. Yep. Well, here come the girls. Lands at number three. Good. Stunningly, it's mm. their first lead single since Overload not to reach number one. Oh. So, like, a shame for girls, but number three is nothing to be ashamed of. But amazing mm. little run. Yeah, like, that actually, that good. all of their... If a new single of a new album was coming out, they were hitting number one. That's impressive. That's yeah. Yeah. It's filmed in a pole club. They've moved on from toilets. In London? Film, almost certainly. Yeah. It has been heavily reported that Jennifer Lopez used this video as the inspiration for her role in Hustlers. Really? <laughs> just made that up. You just made that up. That's a blatant lie. I know. It's like, how much shit do you talk? I feel like none of my jokes are landing today. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I don't know. I just find that I could believe it. Like it's not totally unbelievable. You can believe that Jennifer Lopez, instead of talking to her pole instructor, decided to watch Heidi 
gyrating on a pole Mate, can in the I Here Come say, the Girls video. Out of all the celebrity news out there, that's not the most outlandish thing that is not true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is not true, but the little bit of controversy I have coming up is. Okay. Ooh. So there's a controversy regarding the payment of extras. So there was a call out on their website for men and women aged 18 to 30 with a cool street style who can dance. So that wasn't you then? I would have heard that then, actually. <laughs> I could have seen you there. I could have seen you there. Well, I didn't have internet. Um, <laughs> from 8am to midnight, they're expected to be ATM To midnight. Wow. To 14 out. Mm, for yeah. 16, 16 hours. hours. I know, it's like how many hours. No, yes. Lauren, yeah, you're right, you're right. Lauren can do maths. We'll edit it so you sound smarter. So yeah, 16 hour day. Although unpaid, there is a free lunch. Um, this is this is genuinely what has happened in fairly big movies before where they're like, oh, we'll just get... We can't afford to pay all these extras properly through the right agencies. People want to be in this film or video or whatever. And they want to get exposure or experience or whatever to put on their CV. Well, you can say, I was da- I was a dancer in a Sugar Babes video. Right. I learned yeah. the Sugar Shuffle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm imagining that's what 12 of those 14 hours were. Teaching the Sugar Shuffle, then yeah. two hours filming. Yeah. I mean, it's not right. It's exploitation. Well, for management's part, they said it wasn't aimed at professionals. It was aimed at fans. Right. In which case, make it a competition. Yeah. And also don't have them there all that time. Because you know they get there at 8am and the girls won't be out of makeup before 10. Right, yeah. So it's all about getting everyone there and ready and then the big talent come in and just have to do their bit. Yeah. Which if you're not paying people and you're just giving them a few crusty sandwiches. Yeah. Mm, not great. They are not the only ones working for free though. Oh. Keisha's roped in her boyfriend to be her love interest in the video. <laughs> Why are management being so cheap? It's only a one-day shoot as well, so no money for extras. What's going on? Uh, yeah. Do you think that is that? Do you think the girls would have had to have paid for the extras out their own pocket? Oh, out of the oh. Yeah. So do you think um, maybe they're trying to like minimise um, costs? Keisha wants to pay that mortgage off. <laughs> <laughs> well, the video budget, I guess, comes out of the overall brand budget, so I guess it does chip mm. into profits, maybe. Yeah. Interestingly, I read something today about Little Mix and it was a newspaper bragging about how much they've earned and it was like they added 700,000 to their fortune last year and then it went on to say 500,000 after costs between them. So that's just 100,000 each. So what was weird in the paper, it only named three of them. It didn't mention Leanne. Oh. So I don't know whether they just forgot oh, to mention sorry, her. Oh, sorry, there's four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like 125,000. Oh, right, yeah. But I know that sounds a lot, but... Not no. for what they're doing. No. But then I suppose 000. that's where Instagram helps these kind of stars with, you know, promotions. And... Yeah, but I don't know whether that would have been included in I feel like everybody would imagine that they are earning more than that with such I, a high profile. I would have thought they would be imagining 500,000, 700,000 each. Yeah. Because, you know, believe, they have big sponsorships yeah. and stuff. They yeah. do simple. They do, like, pretty little thing. They're hustling. Mm. They're worth more than that. Yeah. I think they're worth more than that. I mean, what does that say for the rest of us as well? If those big stars aren't making... Not that I'm suggesting they should be making millions and millions, but I mean... If Jeff Bezos can yeah. be becoming a trillionaire, then why the hell yeah. have... I think the members of Little Mix should have a million of its five albums. Yeah. And they yeah. do promotional... Like, They're on tour now. all the time. Yeah, they really work. Yeah. And Jade is a bloody ally to everyone and everyone. Bless her. Everyone and everyone. She really is. 
They were meant to be at the local race course. This is what kind of confuses me. They're, they're these big stars, but they do these kind of... It's because it's instead of doing a stadium. But is it's it... It's a step it, up. It's, it's... They're shitty. It's not like... What, I can't remember. But it's about numbers. It's about how many people you can get in and the cost in it. <sighs> and if it's like in a private event kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back to the best-selling British girl band of the noughties. It will surprise you to learn... To further the finances of the Sugar Babes, brand management decided slap it on a soundtrack. Of course they did. Ugh. It is used as the theme song for Dagen's Mind, the Danish version of Take Me Out. Oh. I feel like these soundtracks are getting less strong. Yes, there. they are. Yeah. There's yeah. love actually. It's very diluting by yeah. this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, with the song, Digital Spy, Nick Levine called it Ronson esque. Mm-hmm. And that kind of pulls through through the whole album. Yeah. So we get the album Catfights and Spotlights. It's a far more Motown affair than their previous efforts. They were comparing themselves to the Supremes. They said that was the sort of sound they wanted to go for. Actually, they got to perform with Mary Wilson at the Mobos a year earlier than that. Oh, so that's cool. handing over the baton. I really like that idea as a direction, I have to say. I do as well. It yeah. totally makes sense when they're saying it. They wanted to use more live sounding instruments, no electro pop. Yes. Which is not entirely left field for them. No. We saw Scott Wheel be region. <laughs> that's her genre. <laughs> she does love an ele- Well, a male. I thought she loved a Alex Banger. Yeah. Well, but she, apparently she came back, didn't it? She couldn't step away. She had to go back years later. So Catfights and Spotlights, I think, is a great name. It's not an album track. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a lyric. It's just a name. Yeah. But again, do you think that's taking it into that? They all hate each other, they're bitchy, they're... Yeah, it's tongue in cheek. They're addressing it directly. Uh, yeah, I suppose they've gone, oh, well, if this is what's written in the papers anyway, embrace let's try it. to let's embrace it and try and use it as publicity for the album. Do you want the absolute honest truth? Yeah. And I've heard this from them, not straight from the horse's <laughs> oh, mouth, wow. in interviews. Um, <laughs> I heard it straight from Keisha on Instagram. <laughs> They've said they just are rubbish at coming up with album names and they don't really like doing it. They find it really hard. And so they normally have a lot of different ideas pitched at them. And they said the ideas pitched for them for this album in Sweet Seven were god awful. And they hated (laughs) most of them. And then I don't know whether one of this one came... I think they said something like they were sat in bed and they were just putting through names and this one came up. So I'm not sure if it came from them or they saw it. But they thought, like, everyone's going to be saying that anyway, so we might as well... I think yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah. Mm. Gets them a bit more interviews, doesn't it? Yeah. They do seem to be really getting along well in interviews at this time. They mm. seem to be having a bit of a laugh. They seem really happy with the music. They've later said maybe they got a bit complacent, but I think that's a bit about the reflection on the sales of the album. Right. It's kind of funny because at this stage, I mail like the new energy in the band. She's coming in, she wants to really do well, and they're too like, oh, I've been doing this for years now. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, probably. I love the idea of the album. Mm. I don't know why, because I've listened to this over and over again, trying to figure out why for me it doesn't click. I don't know whether it's because I really think Mathieu could have done it 
better. Right. And maybe yeah. because she'd already had her album, which was, was, was in a, a similar, similar direction. Vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I've, you've got that comparison in your head. And not to say that the other three can't do it vocal justice, because they absolutely can. And I, then I listened and I was like, is it Amel? And it's really not. I think she's great on it. Yeah. For me, and I had the album, and I remember being excited about it. I didn't like the lead single, it irritated me. I didn't like the second single, we'll do that in a minute. There were maybe four or five tracks on it that I really liked. Mm. Which is then, disappointing for an album. Well, is it any different to Change? Because mm. I've listened back to Change. Yeah. I think I really miss the electro pop, which mm. I don't hold against, but some of the songs were a bit drab. Yeah. Mm. But some people really love that album. So, you know, they've given something for everyone, haven't they? I mean, and I applaud them for trying to do a new direction. And try and change it up. Change it up. Change. I mean, some of the songs are really good. Like, I really like You on a Good Day. Side Chick, I think, is really good for their mm, harmonies. Side Chick. There's a lot of drama in it. They've got one called, like, Murder One. I think it might be Every Heart's Broken. It was called Murder One in original demos. But I love a bit of drama, babes. Yeah. 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 Some of the lyrics are dodgy. This Murder One. Go on, Aaron. Give us your best shot. <laughs> Some of them, so the ones I think I prefer, like You On A Good Date, like Side Chick, they've got like a bit of a story to them, whereas some of them I think maybe, I'm just a bit like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, Murder One, like I really like it for the drama. Yeah. But lyrically you're like, what? It's like basically every heart's broken is a murder one. It talks about all these guys that they dated, that they've broken their hearts off. But you know that none of these are real. Because it's yeah. not like they're singing about like Dave Berry or or someone that they've gone, or a male singing about that Freddy guy. Yeah. It's like, one of them, they go, um, guy one worked on TV or something like that. <laughs> like him, I believe. But one worked in a cemetery just because it rhymed. And it's like, oh, I wish you'd gone a bit deeper. Yeah. And like there's one called Sunday Rain where they go, you know what they say, after Saturday sun always comes Sunday rain. It's like, does anyone like, never heard that before in my life? I'm like, who says that? <laughs> Who says Sometimes that? Sometimes pop is just so like nonsensical, though, isn't yeah. it? Like... I know, and like the Sugar Babes have been great for that before. Yeah, you know, my ass has sent him into a new dimension. Like, what? What, what does that mean? <laughs> but I loved it at the time. Like, cool. Yeah. Round like... round, baby, round round. Train comes. I don't know. It's just made like fine. Yeah. I don't know why on this album I was just like, just what? not. You weren't buying it. Yeah, yeah, I've got the landing strip clear for you at the airport. <laughs> oh no. I wonder if a part of it is having been disenfranchised from earlier bits like that. Yeah. That I wasn't so much of a, these mm. are um, untouchable now. Yeah. This is a bit of a sidestep. So reviews were... Mediocre? Yeah. I mean, The Guardian said, a general transition from Chris modernity to self-consciously grown-up Duffy-esque soul. I suppose we have to remember they are getting slightly older. I mean, they're still babies, but... Yeah. And they're getting maybe bored of same yeah. old, same old, like... Well, they've gone for a change-up, you know. They yeah. have tried here. And also, they, by this point, they are in relationships, I believe, all of them. I guess they are looking for a more grown-up sound. You know, their kitties have been petted. Oh, know? my God. <laughs> Jeez. Well, the album debuts at eight, with their lowest first week sales, 23,000, and then sort of falls down the chart pretty quickly, mm. stays in for four weeks. Which is is disappointing. And it doesn't help that Girls Aloud have their first number one album that month. Yeah. And and that is the um, album that's preluded by The Promise, which is maybe the sound 
the sugar babes are going for as well yeah. and seeing it more successful on oh, them. Oh, must have been so mad. And that is a Xenomania production and Xenomania oh, weren't on this album. Right, I get you. I think really it's important to look at that era as well that were girl bands as prominent? You know, that was the, the kind of that was the start of the Justin Timberlake, the Timberland, the real R&B sort of era. Well, Timberland wanted, they were meant to collaborate with Timberland on this, but wow. they didn't get around to they doing it. They missed a trick there. Oh. I mean, that was the sound then, that was massive. But it wasn't the sound that they wanted to go for. Mm. You wanted to say something, right? Well, no, I was just going to say that they're like, it's always so rushed. I know that, that the company want to like push through these albums. Got to keep the momentum up. I know that that's what, that's in a, to an extent how pop music works. Mm. But I'm also like, if they just needed to wait a bit, a little bit longer to get an amazing producer like Timberland, why couldn't they do that? I mean, I think we're being a bit unfair as well. The album appeared extremely disappointing in terms of sales, mm. but what is that about? Yeah. Is that about them not being pushed commercially the right way? Mm-hmm. Is that because by comparison to Girls Aloud, it looked worse and then created like this self-fulfilling prophecy. The girls were happy with the album. Mm. I don't think it's a bad album. Yeah. It just something in there didn't click with me at the time. And actually, even listening back, I'm not going to be looping that album. Right. But yeah. there are tracks on it that yeah. are really good and I really yeah. like. But actually, maybe... It was like that with a lot of the Sugar Babes albums. We said before they were some really banging singles. Mm. Maybe it's just that it didn't have that on there. And I wonder if they had that pressure of knowing that Girls Aloud album was being released and that, yeah. that you know, the media pitting each yeah. other against each other. So maybe yeah. that was an extra pressure. It's definitely a more cohesive album. Mm. So we've said, you know, before, like, oh, as Can bodies of work, they're a bit titanic experimentations. Yeah. This is a cohesive album. Yes. It definitely has a sound. It definitely has a vibe. It definitely has a feel. Yeah. But I also don't think that's pulled through on, like, the artwork. So do you remember the cover? It was very... Eh. And this was actually something I wanted to bring up, was I think... A factor we've not thought about a lot is that people they fe- they feature their faces so heavily, but a lot of the people who who are maybe casual observers of the sugar waves will be like, I don't recognise that one. The faces aren't the same. Why is Siobhan blonde? So this is the album cover. We'll put it on the lookbooks and on online, but most of you all know it anyway. Mm. I think they look like they're in their bra. Heidi looks naked. Yeah. Are they in the... Yeah, Keisha looks... So they're not... So on the, when you open up, they're all wearing dresses, but they're strapless dresses. Right. And it's been trimmed and cropped. So Heidi's is... She's looking over her shoulder. There's nothing over her shoulder. All you can see is skin. Keisha's is very... Mm. Bravissimo. Yeah. Ultimo range. And it's cut just so it could look like a bra. The yeah. same with a male. I like, they look like stunning. It. I like it. But I, what does it say? They look good, but honestly, it's just too generic. I think it's showing their diversity. It looks like none of them together. You can tell they're superimposed together. Do you think so? Yeah. Al- 100%. The lighting's not even on them all in the same way. Amel's is coming from the left. Heidi's is coming from the right. Keisha's is head on. Yeah. Mm. And I, also, neither of them are casting shadows over Keisha. It doesn't stand out. That's my problem. And with a title like Catfights and Spotlights, you've superimposed all three together. And they're in their bras, like, sex sells. It's not... and Because the, the album is cohesive. Yeah, it doesn't quite... I think that'd be more for, like, change. Yeah. Or, so, you know... Whereas that cover did have a cohesive feel, like that, you know, the secretary look. Yeah. <laughs> like, as much as I joke about it, or like, it, that it had, had a vibe. Yeah. And, and it had, like, a colour scheme that popped. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And it pulled through to the lead single. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like, once again, management and branding. It let them down. Because management are seeming to be really going for a plug. So I've said a few times, and we've gone, really? Best-selling girl band of the century. Wow. I'm saying naughty, because I don't know what it's like anymore. But at that time, that's this fact they were wheeling out all the time. They were putting it on the adverts for the single, on the yeah. adverts for the album. They were being introduced at it as interviews. So mm-hmm. obviously their team were going, this is the line we want saying, best-selling girl band of the century. Yeah. I've looked into it. It's true. And that's why they wheeled it out all the time at every interview. Amel got it tattooed on her arm. I don't know. (laughs) But who would they be in competition with? Girls Aloud, who we've said, you know, they were out selling like two to one. Spice Girls only released forever after the millennium. Yeah. Destiny's Child went on hiatus in 2001. They're not British. Best-selling girl band of the century. I don't know whether they're saying British. Oh. I think it might have been girl band of the century. Really? Surely not. Who would they be in competition with? Um, They've had six albums at this point. Right. So it's just Five, like, it's a, this is a six. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. I've got it, lads. I've got it. Atomic Kitten. Ah! <laughs> no. They were big in Japan. Eternal? The 411. It's hard, doesn't it? I'm trying to think. But what's funny at the time is you were like, how can they be the best-selling girl band of the century? Girls Allowed felt bigger. Huge. They did feel bigger. Girls but, Aloud felt much bigger. But they had, you know, pop stars was massive at the time, the rivals. But that and had been years before. They weren't really known as They had their fan anymore. bases from all those towns. Yeah. And, you know, I think that would have also, carried like, through. I would say with Girls Aloud, they just have always had such a punchy aesthetic and image. Matchy, matchy. Yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah, and that's always changed up by album cycle. But they've also always gone down that celebrity promotional album yeah. angle. Like, they'd always be on some talk Can show. Can I be a little controversial here? Yeah. You're also looking at five white females. Does that have anything to do with it? You know, we, I wow. mean, we won't be able to see for sure, but it, it, it's a question. Does that sell more? I don't know. We know, that the, we know that the biggest selling girl group of all time is TLC, and they are all black women. I think that's a lot to America, globally. though. Yeah. I would say... But yeah, I just wonder if if the race does... In Britain, are we more comfortable with white artists? I think when we look at black artists over here... In some ways, yes. How they are treated, how they are, you know, flown to America and we don't Mm -hmm. hear about them here. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting concept and I think it's something that we can't ignore. No, for sure it can't be ignored, yeah. Oh, that hits me hard, that. Yeah. I I don't know that you're wrong, I don't know that you're right. And now I'm just sat there, that... Because yeah. because look at the sugar babes. They ha- are very multicultural. They by far have the best voices over Girls Aloud. Mm-hmm. They write their own songs. They've been around longer. Why are they not? Mm. Well, sales-wise, they are selling better. But what they weren't doing was going out and selling themselves to the papers because they never wanted to go down that route. Yeah. You know, Girls Aloud at this point were having an autobiography. The sugar babes didn't want to do that. And right. those offers will have come in. I mean, yes, we've done Sugar Babe Barbie. Yes. But, that was like a rare instance. But for girls like really were selling rare. everything. Cheryl Cole was on bloody national lottery with Ashley. They had their Cole. own eyelash range. I'm All sure they had perfumes. Well, should we look at some sugar babe stats? Yeah. Let me let me lay down the math for you. At this point, so at this point, there's more to come. Four top ten albums, two number one of those, five headline tours. From what I could calculate, more than three million albums in the UK alone. Okay. Six Brit nominations, one win, 22 singles, 14 top 10, 
including six number ones. Three of them went bankrupt. That, yeah, that doesn't add up, man. And also, one Brit win when they were allegedly the biggest girl group. But that was right at the early part. Because girl groups don't get any recognition. That's why we're a girl band podcast. It's because no one is shouting about the success of the girls, but the gays and the girls. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be interesting to know the girls allowed Brits in comparison. They won one Brit. One Brit, okay. They won Best British Single. The for promise. the promise yeah great song. so at this point they had no brits and i don't even know if they'd have many nominations so why is that why is the music industry not acknowledging or why are the public not acknowledging it's women's we, success it's, it's just they have to battle harder for respect because everyone at the top is male women and queer people are going to listen to male singers and female uh, and groups. Not me. But I never listen to males. I know, I know. The straight male audience, how often do they listen to primarily women, you know, female groups? Craig loves Solange. <laughs> yeah, but he's, that he's Craig got... is um, Karen's partner. Cis and he's male got... straight partner. <laughs> and he does have good White. music taste, to be fair. But my, I think my point still stands. I think it's like, they just... You're right, because there was the also the point, the whole thing with the Spice Girls was it was unusual for a girl band to be selling records to young girls. Rather than heartthrobs, like East 17, take that. Yeah. Well, we get one more single from this album. No Can Do. Sorry, no can do. Not remember it? Well, that'll no. be because it was not on the radio. They are giving the gays everything in the music video. Bless. Would you like to see a wee little clip? I'd love to see it. Why is that a tribute to the gays? Well, because literally it's just... Uh, every guy on it is naked. Oh, Naked right, men right. all over it and they literally are like walking over them in heels. Also the idealised Adonis male body as well. Do you think they were fans that had to lie down the floor for 16 hours? <laughs> <laughs> they were um, feeding crusty sandwiches. <laughs> if you were a guy on that shoot, you would not have been eating. You would have been doing oh, press-ups God. in between. <laughs> I remember it feeling odd at the time. I mean, yeah. obviously I was watching it. It's a forgettable song, isn't it? Yeah, they sound I don't good know why it. it's not... Clicking. But why? You wouldn't have bought that as a single. I wouldn't have bought that as a single. Well, no, no, no one did. For me, I feel like the chorus is a misstep because it suddenly changes up into a much more like major key and it's sorry, no, can't do It's like. Is that what it is? I don't I know. I think For it me, could be it a does, bit more punchy. Yeah, like it, it kind of. It's not very catchy. But it does get stuck in your head a bit, I found oh, in yeah. recent so, years. Dear, we asked the chart position. I don't even know if I wrote it down. It was so depressing. Oh, 23. Christmas number one, 19th of December. Release date. So they're still going for this. No, hang on. Hang on. Is that the release date? Yeah. So that means it would be charting the week after Christmas number one. Oh, right. Okay. So that is a really stupid release date. But also that's not any sort of Christmas songs. So yeah, No No Can Do came out at number 23. I mean, that's not their lowest. We know Follow Me Home is yeah. their lowest, but that, you know, at this stage... for a second single. Yeah. But do you know what it is as well? It's because um, record labels always release albums in um, that winter pre-Christmas period. Because people, they pe- no people buy albums as gifts. So for like October, yeah, November, and it yeah. means that all record releases get clogged up at the back end of the year. Yeah. And so then that's when you end up with your second singles coming out around there, unless yeah. you waited until the new year. Yeah. And then people have forgotten about it and it's not... Mm. We need a second Christmas, basically, just yeah. for music sales. Yeah. I mean, the video is funny. I mean, I can enjoy it, 
but odd. Eye makeup for days. They really love a smoking. Oh, they do. They do. Wow, that was... I mean, they looked amazing. However, I did feel like it was makeup on with a trowel a little bit. I thought yeah. they looked amazing. I thought Amel looked very small. Yes. Like, she's very muscly, but she yeah. looked extremely leaf. Yeah. And I don't remember ever reading anything about her and her body, but I don't know whether it's like Photoshop and lighting, but I th- uh, Yeah, the lighting was definitely, it's very strong. But I don't know whether it's maybe because she stood next to all these extremely buff guys, so she just looks like a tiny little elf. Yeah, possibly. Well, they reflect on the sales of this album because, like Heidi says, the sales have been disappointing, but I don't think it's a reflection on the album's quality. Mm. And the problem is the promotion. I don't actually think our fans know we've got an album out. I think she's got a big point though. It just doesn't feel like the management had any faith. Like that no can do video is such yeah. a blatant ploy. Whenever I see a female artist come out with a, a video like that, I worry for them. Right. Like Alexandra Burke had her, do you remember when she had that um, Please Don't Start Without Me song? That was like, do, 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 do. It was like this like Jamaicanese. I mean, I'd play a clip, but we don't want to get sued. <laughs> because we support artists. Because we support artists. <laughs> And like they'd filmed a video yeah. that was more Jamaican esque, okay. and like she really liked it. And then the record company were like, "No, we're gonna go in." And it was literally her in a green screen studio with like four buff guys doing like an Olivia Newton John's physical. Oh, she was in a lace leotard. I mean, it went to number one, but then we never really heard from her again. No. Well, we did. She released that banging um, "Heartbreak on Hold" album that no one bought but me. <laughs> Purchase on hold. It's a shame when I feel like they're just like, oh, just throw some sex appeal at it. Well, later they would reflect that they felt they took their eye off the ball. So they almost downplay their creative vision. I wonder who told them to do that. Mm. Like, this was the album we wanted to create, but I guess the fans didn't want it. So Keisha says, I wouldn't say we were complacent, but I'd walk off stage, I wouldn't even have broken a sweat. It was like I'd just walked up to the bottom of my road. Which maybe pours into what you were saying before, Karen, about we've been doing this so long, we haven't had a break. Yeah, yeah. It must get repetitive. I mean, as much as you love that career, it must be like, oh, great, we're going to Germany again. You know, I think... Yes. After some time, you're just going through the motions. Well, she says she expected change to get the poor reviews more than catfights. Right, She felt like they were trying something different. They were levelling up. Mm-hmm. up in their game, working on their harmonies. Yeah. Whereas in Change, they were just coasting. Yeah. Which makes more sense. But they said, we took our eye off the ball and didn't concentrate on the performance and styling side. Like, right. were you even sugar shuffling? <laughs> but it's funny because that's what they're saying now is, oh, like it was all about the performances and styling. But I remember reading something where Keisha had said, it's not about that. We could put bin bags over our heads and people would still come to see us. Yeah. Because mm. they're there for the vocals and the songs. Well, and that is the way it should be. But... <laughs> I think she's completely right about what Heidi was saying about the promo because I don't even remember seeing that this was released and I I usually think that I'm quite observant about things that yeah. are being advertised and I had no recollection of when this was released. Well, they don't get the break they've been promised and they don't take a break after this. They go straight back into working on a new album <sighs> the following year. Yeah. Like while they're promoting Catfights and Spotlights, they're like, we definitely deserve a break. You ain't getting one. Unless they had some fun out in America because they go out to America to begin work on Suite 7. How much say do they get if they want a break? Like, can the three of them... I mean, I know they could collectively, but do you think they would be punished for that if they said, look, we want two months off? Or it's breach of contract, maybe? I don't know. It's crazy. Like, these people, you know, as much as you think about the fame and the fortune, they're actually just puppets in this huge game controlled by a majority of rich white males. I mean, can they book annual leave? 
do they have 27 days? And it's highly like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I want Thursday 13th and if off not, why, it's my dog's birthday. Yeah, but if not, why are there, Why is their welfare not looked after? Yeah. Why do they not have these rights? Mm. Why can't um, Mutia take a year maternity leave? Like, why yeah. couldn't Amel just be coming in as maternity cover? <laughs> it's true. Job share. Hot desk and job. <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing. Hot miking. Hot miking. <laughs> why, why are they not treated like human beings? Rather than yeah. products. Great, great point. I'm like, girls, are you a member of unions? That's why I want to know. Were you part of it? Is there unions? Not just girls, so, I think it's yeah. any part of But I mean, is there, are those unions for. Yeah. As big as celebrities, I suppose. Well, that's. Yeah. When he, it's tough at the top, isn't it? It's that thing of, well, you, you want the success, you got to hustle. You for always it. wanted this, so you need to, you know, it's yep, that keep going. That, then it's that guilt and the shame on them, isn't it? Oh, this is all I've ever wanted, and now I don't know if this is actually yeah. what I can do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If you are in a girl band, <laughs> I know. please, please let, let us know what your holiday I'm booking DM, situation is. I'm going to DM a mail right now. It does feel like they go, that this is the real push the button of selling out. Yeah. And you can feel that push coming from management. Yeah. Like, to me, it feels like all the way through the Sugar Babes career, it's been a push and pull of management's vision and their vision. Mm-hmm. And Catfights feels like, because they weren't expecting to deliver an album, was them being able to make the album they wanted. Yeah. And because yeah. of the lack of commercial success, mm. the next album, Sweet Seven, becomes the album management want them to make. Yeah. yeah. And whereas previously it had always been a bit of both, yes. and maybe that was the magic mix, and yeah. that's why it all falls apart. Yeah. For instance, Heidi does an OK magazine shoot with Dave Berry, which... They rarely do. Yes. Yeah. They shave off half of Amel's head. Oh. And they sign with Jay Z Rock Nation label. I mean, that's a great signing. Is it? Mm. You want to call Rita Ora about that? Oh. You want to call Kylie Minogue about that? Oh. Do you know in 2008 the Performing Rights Society labelled them the fourth hardest working band? Due to the number of concerts they played in 2008. I'm pretty sure Little Mix have been named that one year as but well. But why is yeah. that even a thing? Why are we pitting bands and performing artists No, I think each the other? point about that poll was they wanted to highlight how hard groups are being pushed. And reward bands. I want to have a bit of a rant about something in a sec. But before I do, I wanted to share something nice. Because this... We are starting to get into murky commercial sellout sugar babes. Mm. And it's not all that. So there is nicer things. They're not just going money, money, money. Because they perform at the late Jade Goody's wedding. Oh, I didn't know that. Jade Goody was a British Big Brother 3 reality star. And she came on to redefine what reality TV stars did post-shows and created an entire genre. Yeah. And then extremely sadly, whilst on Big Brother India, she realised she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, I don't know if she found out then, or was it cervical, of course, sorry. Cervical. I don't know if she realised then it was terminal, but she would eventually go to die of that at a young age. She was like... And it would play out. It was quite sudden. Like, it it wasn't a long time. I I want to say she was 27? I think she was young like that, yeah. Yes, yeah. And it played out on TV. And she had been a controversial figure. She hadn't always said or done the right thing. She absolutely had not. No. She, I mean, but she came from a more disadvantaged background and the tabloids were not kind to her a lot of the time. Her story is one of, of tragedy, ultimately. Yeah. Definitely. 
They did go to her wedding. Uh, Keisha says she had a wish list of things she wanted and she asked us to perform. This was a televised wedding, which was oh, mere it, days before she died. It was the whole thing of she was like, she was just finding ways to earn as much money as she for could her for her kids. Yeah. Keisha says, I'll never forget. We were performing and she whispered to me, can I come up there with you? And she did. And so did her husband, Jack. Um, it was lovely. She looked gorgeous. And it made me go and get a smear test afterwards. Mm, so I yeah. guess our message from that is get your smear tests. Check yourself get regularly. Get all your tests, guys. It could Anything happen to anyone. Anything that's available. And it was, it was a huge push at the time. Yeah. And the, the levels of testing went up dramatically amongst young women. Yeah. And just just a little reminder, guys. I know it's not pleasant for like a moment, but um, it's worth it. Because you know that those numbers have now dropped. Is that they have. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was that. It really looked like it had made a huge impact. Yes. And then it's it's forgotten. People forget, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Of course. I want to talk about America. The sugar babes never get pushed in America. And this makes no sense to me at all. Yeah. They were the biggest sales-wise British girl band. They had the longest opportunity. They appeared on so many soundtracks. Yes. I counted 13 movie soundtracks up to this point. Wow. Some of them really big. Love Actually. Which is like an enormous... High Heels and Low Lifes. Yes. The Sleepover. Yeah. Like, they were... 40 Days and 40 Nights was a big movie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were... Big. So they had had some tracks that had gone out over there. So Round Round had reached number seven on the Hot Dance Club songs. So you know we've talked about the US dance club hits. And yeah, and we don't really know what that means. Well, yeah. Detective Aaron oh. got out his monocle and magnifying glass and researched it. Okay. So the US Hot Dance Club's dance. Dance? That's a very... Are you French? Dance. <laughs> We up in the club, all eyes on us. <laughs> it is a weekly national survey of popular songs in US dance clubs. It began on October 26th, 1974, under the title Disco Action. And it is compiled by Billboard exclusively from playlists submitted by nightclub disc jockeys who must apply and meet certain criteria to become Billboard reporting DJs. Okay. It's effectively a YouGov poll. Right. It's a quick little survey monkey. Yeah. It don't mean shit. Yeah. But, you know... But Not maybe, to be sniffed at. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they did test it in terms of putting these tracks out and thought. Well, there was talk of three being pushed in America. Yeah. There was talk of Taller being pushed in America. They went and worked with Dallas Austin. Yeah. That would have definitely been a plan. Same with Girls Aloud, though. Never taken over there. Yeah. Do you want to know who was? Who? Atomic Kitten. What? They filmed separate videos for oh. Hole Again and Tide is High. Really? Yeah. Did Do you know work? who else was pushed over there? Who? The Saturdays had their own reality TV show in America. Oh. And they also collaborated with Flowrider, which would have been a massive sort of push into the American market. Well, yeah. no, that would have been them paying because Flowrider stopped them from getting number one three times before that. Or two times before What? That. They paid Flowrider to be on their track to help get them a number one. Oh, God. Didn't know that. Scandalous. So, so, so um, scandalous. Well, you pay for a feature, don't you? Like, Little Mix would have paid for Nicki Minaj to be on Woman, A Woman Like Me. Yeah. Sugar Babes never did any features? Oh, Sting. Sting. Yeah, but, but wasn't done as a feature. But that wasn't yeah, a feature because that was his song. 
It was just a sample. Yeah, that's a good point. No, but he, obviously they did the collab it. with Girls Aloud, but that's different because that's a charity that collaboration. That's a good point. They don't need it, mate. No, that's right. They were like, we don't need anyone else coming in. It does beg the, beg the question, though, why weren't they pushed in America? One argument could be if they were going to do it, I don't know why they skipped Angels not being pushed over there when you have Freak Like Me yeah. Yeah. and Round Rounds had landed. Like, maybe there should have been a push there. There really should have been. I think that's where the trick was missed. Like, Angels was huge. It should have gone over there. Like Maybe it was about time. I mean, it had appeared on every soundtrack. So here are the US ones that I've written down. American Wedding, The Third American Pie, massive. Yeah. Love Actually, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Like, these are massive films. Yeah, I, I Two Lost in You was an international hit everywhere but the US. Yet you get bands like The Wanted going over to America. I, yeah, I don't get it. Boy it, bands. Mm. So I had two thoughts. Yeah. One could be... Oh, this is not disrespectful to The Wanted or The Saturdays, because I do love The Saturdays. Was a part of it, like... The sugar base were more successful in this country. Right. So it was like, well, we don't want to mess. We don't want to affect the sales here. You have to do a lot of work in America. It takes yeah. a lot of time. Financially. To go over there. Mm. And maybe they just didn't want to, you know, sugar babes, brand management love to make the money. Yeah. So maybe they didn't want to, they didn't want to lose that money and lose the time that they would be over here. Yeah. And lose an album cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Another thought I had was, is it the look? Were they not considered a commercial look for the US market. But I'm like, if anything, I feel like they're more... Because they might, they're more diverse. They're more diverse. I feel like they're more... The American audience would be more accepting of that. I wasn't thinking about race because, you know, obviously Eternal had a lot of success over there and actually yeah. the problems they had was with Louise being white. Yeah. Oh, I see. So yeah. it was, it was yeah. her because she was the only one. She seemed to suffer it the other way. Yeah. Because they were more accepted. But then when they went to the white radio stations, it yes. was really bad. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more... I think the Sugar Babes are hot. I always think they had aspirational looks. Yeah. But are they American hot? Where there is this huge obsession with their pop stars being completely diet waifs. Right. Yeah. It's true. Would mm-hmm. there have been pressure maybe from the label, oh, if you want to do the American... You have to look a certain way. And also, apart from that one album, they've not got the hair extensions, the nail stereotype beauty. Until the period we're talking about now, they hadn't been pushed in that direction. I know. I know why. Why? <laughs> Cheryl Cole with her Newcastle accent didn't have a chance. Heidi! No way! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no way. <laughs> Maybe. They do find British brands like exotic. It is, it, it, is, it can be an f- appeal factor, but I suppose it's like you have to be British in a certain way, right? Mm. Well, after the disappointment of Catfights and Spotlights, the next album era we're moving into, we're going to start in this episode and finish in the next, Sweet Seven, is definitely a knock on America's door. Yes. It's a completely different era from this Motown inspired album that we get the last album is devoid of electro pop that's all you're gonna get here yeah (laughs) and it does feel like this is the album management wanted so they've signed to rock nation with jay-z and all of the recording is done by their in-house team right on this episode we're only going to talk about the tracks that keisha released Mm -hmm. and so that means we've got a Get sexy right now. (laughs) This is the lead single from Sweet Seven. 
It is an interpolation of the right said Fred hit. Yeah, I'm, I'm too, too sexy. sexy for my short. Yeah. Oh. Some say it's this song that inspired Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do. Oh. Is no, it's... they don't. Stop no. leaving my life. Is that the same song, though? You're right, said Fred, yeah. It's the same interpolation, so it's the sort of breakdown. But they of sound the so different, don't of they? Of course. Mm. I. What are your thoughts on Get Sexy? I think it was definitely of that time. I feel like it has aged. I still love it. <laughs> Like, so badly so that I used it in my aerial show. Oh, I yeah. used it in the club scene. Mate, you're stuck in that era though. That's I know. Okay. It's get okay. me out. Someone get me out. But I still listen to every little bit. It's like, do you know what I mean? I'm still going listen, with it. That's, there's no shame in yeah. loving it. Yeah. I'm just saying it was of the time. Yeah, and it did feel odd. But I maybe I was in the clubs more then still. And I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, this feels good there. Yeah. If you think the year after you had sort of Scream and Shout with Talisa and Will I Am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the year after? Well, I think it was 2010 or 11. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say it was it was well within. It is a messy song. Like, as yeah. in, you go out and get messy to it. It's not very deep. No. When mm. I'm walking down the street, they say. Do you think that album sexy. is deep, though? Some tracks. We'll talk about... Let's talk about the album. Let's just do this song because I have a lot to say. A lot to say. Miss everything. (laughs) I quite like some of the lyrics. In a two-piece at the beach, they say, hey, sexy. I mean, if I had a a dime for every single time these boys stopped and stared, I'd be about 50 pence better off. (laughs) Well, I know the other day in Lidl, I was packing up my bags. He said, do you work out? (laughs) I work work out. out. (laughs) Fairly strange in a Scottish Oh, I know. Lucky me. Well, apparently, here's a little tidbit for you. Apparently, the verses were meant to be rapped. Oh. But Keisha said, no, I don't rap. Has she forgotten Million Miles Long? I feel like, yeah, she has forgotten. Keisha, stop writing yourself down. I know. You write the poetry, you you rap the poetry. She's just like, nah, fuck you. Another part of it, is it just a meaning to expect the black member of a band to rap? Yeah. I'm looking at you, Mel B. (laughs) <laughs> Bless her. Jared made a good shot. Uh, uh, I'm not even going to justify that with an answer. <laughs> Can we talk about the Get Sexy video? Yeah. So Keisha was in this video. Yeah. She does the whole um, single release cycle. Okay. Pretty much. Just of yeah. that one song. And then she's out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know the video, Lauren? Would I you do like not. To see... I'd love to see it. Thank you. Oh man, I I know that I'm old now because when I watched this video, I was like, am I having a stroke? Oh, So much flashing lights. They need to put some kind of, you know, epilepsy warning on the front. Well, if it. they're putting an epilepsy warning, let's put a leg warning on. Amel is all leg. Amel leg. Amel leg. Amel leg. Amel leg. Don't know if that's going to stay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> she, I mean, she looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, they all do. They all do. Yeah. So, there's something shady going on. Keisha is... When she's sitting on a sofa, she's getting sexy. Yeah. Heidi, when she's in a broken mirror, she's getting sexy. Yeah. Amel, when she's in a cage, she's getting sexy. Maybe that was the only way to keep her on the video shoot. You know, <laughs> walk her in the cage, then get the chains around them all. So there is the middle eight when they are all chained back to back. Like, they yeah. can't even face each other. <laughs> yeah. And they're chained by the wrists and they're doing... Is that the dance from Easy? The... Bent double, trying to shake a poo out dance. <laughs> Is that what that was? No. And why was there light shining out of their eyes? Yeah. Oh yeah, we got kind of like, we're getting their malfunctioning fembots. 
That's the vibe. Sex bots. That's the vibe, isn't it? I've got to give credit to Amel in the bit when they're in the graffiti room. Yeah. And she is on that block and the other two sort of strut in and sort of do the sugar shuffle. Amel is bringing life to this song on that block. Yes. She's throwing yeah. her arms like she's me dancing in a car. It's... <laughs> it feels a bit strange there's not a dance routine. It's such a jump up in a club. Get yeah. sexy right now, you know, and there's I no have routine. seen live, not I've seen it live, but I've seen clips of them performing it live, and they do, they do the sugar shuffle, and there's a few hand movements. They do a lot of shoulder popping. Yeah, yeah they do um, a lot of coordinated shoulder stuff. And then they also do this sort of wiggle down, yeah. like a, a half slut drop, yeah, like yeah. a semi slut. Yeah. But, you know, Heidi wouldn't be able to do that in her lady slut suit, would she? You know, with the zip undone and oh, the no top on. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't think the choreographer had to work too hard on this. But I like the video, though. I mean, it's very... There's no London vibe anymore. Well, the graffiti room. Oh, God. Yeah. That's them being like, we're urban, guys. Urban. But it's not too much of a departure from No Can Do because that was all yeah. making sex appeal. But yeah. they were wearing beautiful, pretty Motown dresses in that. Yeah. And here they are wearing leotards. So there's a shorter dress, isn't there? Very structured. Mm. Yeah. Very shoulder. The shoulder is in. Yeah. But this is the year of Lady Gaga. Right. So the shoulder would be banging. Yeah. So Karen said when we were watching the video, oh, of course Amel's going for it. She's finally got the chance to make an album. <laughs> But this is actually her third album. It's it's easy to forget She's that. got a revolving door, isn't it? But what you have to respect is, so we always go on, oh, Amel only came in at the end. She made three full albums, yeah. half an album with Taller, and she was on The Greatest Hits. That is much bigger than most pop artists' careers. Yeah, that's true. People would dream of three albums. Yeah. What Rita Ora wouldn't give. Oh, what Rita Ora wouldn't true. give. So the song does do well. It debuts at number two. Beaten to the top only by Jay-Z and Rihanna's Run This Town. I mean, that was huge. Respectable. And label mates as well. Yeah. They would have wanted to beat Jay-Z though, just yeah. to be like, oh, remember when you signed us? <laughs> to capitalise on the song's success and to further the profits of the Sugar Babes franchise, management decided... Oh, no, let me, let me guess. Let me guess. Is it... They decided to go... And put it on a soundtrack? Close. They put it on a title track. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is the title credits for Next Top Model... Serbia. <laughs> we do get a bit of branding, babes. The CD single was released in a condom wrapper. What? You know, like you get an individual. You mean theme. like foil? Like yes, yes. Like foil. Like foil someone think of the turtles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how recyclable is that? It packaging? was two thousand and nine. Nothing was recyclable except uh, a girl babe member. A girl babe <laughs> member. A sugar babe member. Why am I not drunk? Um, <laughs> Well, you know, Jay-Z loves safe sex. That's obviously what it's about. Oh, right. I mean, allegedly, he's been having it with a lot of people. No, oh, yes. <laughs> no, the bee- I hear them swarming. I know. Um, Solange is behind Listen, I mean, we wouldn't have had Lemonade had it not oh, been for that, God so... God bless Jay-Z for cheating. <laughs> if only because it released, as everything does, Beyonce's creative beast. Yeah. So in interviews around this time, they seem to be getting on. Keisha is definitely the leader in interviews. Well, as in, like, she does the most talking. Yeah. But Amel is pretty quiet, but they seem to be having fun. Like, it's nice. I saw Mm -hmm. a cute clip of them impersonating each other. They're having a laugh. They've kind of relaxed into it a bit. It's nice. Because I was obviously looking back with knowing eyes, being like, oh, are there tensions? Yeah. I could not see any. Mm. So 
to an untrained eye, I think this is out of the blue. It does seem like it, doesn't it? Nobody's expecting this. But did you not say there was a lot of speculation, wasn't there? But for their part, they look invigorated and ready to reclaim their crown. Yeah. They're talking about they're hungry for it again. They say about, you know, maybe we were complacent with the last album. They've definitely upped the visuals. They've yeah. upped the... Yeah. I Seems know like the joke. budget's got, gone up for wow. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're paying their extras. Oh, wait, <laughs> there were none. <laughs> so we are mid-promo campaign for Get Sexy. The official line goes that Keisha was sacked. Just like that. Sacked. Well, she says just like that she didn't see it coming. She was just called one day and told. There is mounting press coverage at the time that Amel would be leaving. Like, yeah. it, it was assumed she yeah. was going. I remember at the time being like, well, she's at who's in. Yeah. She's she's having problems in personal life, isn't she, massively, legally. I don't want to pin anything on that because yeah. I think it's extremely unfair. And also because Keisha has talked a lot about her own personal issues as yeah. well, that she was having around that time. She's had a lot of therapy to try and undo stuff that she didn't even realise was a problem for her then. So I think they've all got their own... Apart yeah. from Heidi, she seems fine. Apart from crying all the time, but I think she did that before girl bands. <laughs> I think that's just hard. It's her personality, yeah. yeah. So Amel has already missed two concerts by this point, which has forced Heidi and Keisha to form as a duo. Yeah, yeah. So there are clips of that online if you Google Sugar Babes MSN exclusive. It's spelled with an X, not with an E. Exclusive. 2009. Yeah. I quite like these performances. Keisha's going for they're, it. They're having fun. Yeah. Heidi's happy. Yeah. She's really vamping the crowd. Mm. I mean, she's not taking on many of Amel's extra vocals. She don't work for that. No, no. She's getting paid a third. She's going to sing a third. Yeah. But she's hyping. She's clapping. They're doing the dance routine. Keisha, Keisha's selling it. She's uh, taking some time to do some runs and things like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. The hundred gay men in the audience who all are only able to sugar shuffle because of the room that's allowed. Yeah. But they are living on. for it. <laughs> they were all pulled off the street. So <laughs> let's be, let's be real here. They were there for 16 hours and all they got was a crummy sandwich. At the time it was reported, Amel had gone missing after being involved in a bust up with Keisha. Now, we, I may have covered this before, but we have talked about there's been a lot of sort of trauma and things, you know, being on behind the scenes with Amel. So we don't know if that's an overspill from the last couple of years, whether she does have a temper or whether it's all just allegations. Yeah, well, the yeah. girls say she failed to turn up because her friend had a bad, had been in a bad accident. Right. I don't know what happens. Maybe Heidi put toxic on. <laughs> what we know now is... Something has happened. I don't know whether it's between them or whether it's even between management or what's happened. It must be between them, not management, because otherwise one wouldn't go. It must be something related to Keisha because Amel says, I'm quitting the band. So she goes missing in those few days. Yeah. Which must have been a bit like, you know, when Jerry left the Spice Girls, maybe they were just feeling out as she coming back. Yes. Yeah. Amel quits the band. At that point, Heidi goes to management and she says look, I can't handle another member coming in. I can't do it anymore. I'm not doing this drama anymore. At which point, management go, okay, well, how about we go with you two? We go with Amel and Heidi. Which I suppose, I yeah. I suppose the main dominating factor here is that Keisha has been in the band from the start. So maybe management are like, she is the common denominator in terms of girls. I'm not saying that they've all left because of her, but maybe that has been the, the centre of what they're focusing on. But also when you were saying, Erin, about was it, you know, between the girl members, 
we have had earlier reports of management sort of shit stirring with the girls. You yeah, know, you true. can sing better. I know that was in the early days, but you wonder if that has, with the male domination of that industry, whether yeah. that continued and actually it was unfairly sort of dismissed. Oh, well, Amel says... Like, it was stirred up, yeah. Well, Amel says, Keisha and I had flown out to Los Angeles. Heidi and I had agreed that I would have a chat with Keisha and give her one last chance. Of what? One we last chance know. of what? We yeah. don't know. And I don't know whether I think it's good that they've never said or whether it's worse because obviously the speculation is well, she's an angry black or, woman. Or whether it's just girls being petty, you know, not really being as mindful as we are growing, you know, as we grow up, we become a bit more mindful about arguments. But at that time, it feels like a massive deal, doesn't it? Like me with the coconut rice the other night. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, you know, maybe if you're not able to defuse the situation. I can understand that with the Siobhan because they are young girls and everything feels more... And, they're, and they're still some, young, Erin. But they are in their 20s. They are old enough to... Yeah, and they're experienced enough within the industry as well. Now, um, at this point, they're fair... You don't know how much is controlled by management. That's what I want to say. Well, yeah. they said they're going to give her one last chance, but when Heidi arrives in LA, she saw that no progress had been made and we realised that she says we realised nothing was going to change so we told our managers that we couldn't face another day so Heidi and Amel quit effectively so that's the whole thing is you're like they couldn't face another day of what? and you don't know if the two of them were maybe tag teaming with each other from what what you watch sometimes it does seem a bit like maybe Keisha keeps herself very much to herself yeah like you know when we had earlier reports when Mutia was leaving of and when they were on court in a moment the video they said you know they didn't talk to each other except through other people Mm. which you know like you know who at your workplace how many people do you actually talk to on a day-to-day basis other than via email well Mm. at the moment no one because (laughs) we're all in bloody lockdown but you know it, it, it is I do think that isn't the strangest thing do we think it's a similar situation to how um Jerry and Mel B were as in, they got on so well mm. and they were close, but they were also quite volatile. They sometimes yeah. could be volatile. And the other girls were dragged up. in. Uh-huh, and dragged into the drama. But I suppose what's different here is that management have gone... Management must have in some way agreed. Mm. Or whether it was just a case of two babes are better than one. Because can you imagine they keep Keisha and try and build two more around it? Right, yeah. Can you, So can management just fire you? Like, is that fine? I mean, well, they did. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just... So I wonder, in a minute, we're gonna when we go into talking about Keisha's solo, she gets, a, she gets a record deal with the same label. Not with Jay-Z, but with her... Previous uh, label? With the label that the Sugar Babes are on. Yeah. So they're signed to Jay-Z. Pa- pa- so yeah, they, still respect, they still respect her as an artist and want to work with her. You wonder if it's similar to the Siobhan case then? Yeah. Always. Get out the band, but we'll give her a solo career. Or Mutia. M- Mutia was signed to the same label, wasn't she? Um, I not believe sure. she was. I'm not sure. But maybe... So, you know, when you're saying about can they fire her, there must have been a payout. Like, because if you... if she, You know Siobhan yeah. got sued for breach of contract? Yeah. If they're kicking her out, like, can they just kick her out? Or do they have to pay her out? Yeah, I think but so. But then we're talking Because about... that would explain why Keisha's all right. But Erin, we're talking about having fair work and conditions. Do you think they did have that? Mm. I don't know. But could Keisha sue because she's dragged through the price? Could she be like, oh, this is defamation, it's slander, it's going to affect my future work? Yeah. Because she goes, other than one... Uh, I don't know if it was an Instagram or a Twitter post where she went, as of today, I'm no longer a sugar babe. It was not my decision to go. Other than that post and a few very vague interviews, she has gone quietly. She's gone angrily, as she she would be. So she could have been paid off. 
I do think it's strange that none of them have fully explained what happened. Non-disclosure. I bet it's a non-disclosure. Yeah. I bet there was so much shit going on allegedly at that record label that they just fucking paid them off. I mean, you yeah, just don't. Nice you don't want to have mud being flown if you're trying to get this album out with a yeah. new member. Yeah. But it does bring us to a messy sort of. It's sort of what is what is the word I want, Lauren? Interlude. No, not interlude. It brings us to a very philosophical point, I think is what I want to say. Okay. Which is, when does the sugar babes not be the sugar babes? How many times can you replace the head and handle of a mop and it still be the same mop? This is a big (laughs) philosophical question. It genuinely is because you're like, okay, is a band the sum of its parts rather than the individuals. And it's true um, because they weren't a manufactured band. The record label didn't essentially make them up. You know, uh, well, they did kind of bring them together, but it wasn't like not, Spice Girls with a stage <clears throat> newspaper up. Do you know what I mean? It, it, and certainly what makes it more complicated is the record label that they're under at this point are not the same record yeah. labels that they've come from. Yeah. Who owns the Sugar Babes? Well, exactly. More to come. There is more messy drama as well, because as you know, Jay Dewan is her replacement. At the time, being reported as her friend. So, mm. apparently she was a friend of mine, or at least she thought at the time. Right. Is um, this, sorry, is this Keisha quote? Apparently, this? no. It was reported that right. Jade and Keisha were friends. Okay. Jade's gone on to say, I don't really know her. Right. But I don't know whether that's just papers or whether that's non-disclosures. I imagine it's papers. But because I also heard that Jade didn't even know who she was flying out to meet. So they get Jade in pretty quickly and they fly her out to film the video for About a Girl. And she doesn't know which sugar babes are going to be there when she gets there. Oh. Like they've already decided they're drafting someone else in. Yeah. But they haven't decided who's out. Yeah. She's so... And if you think about it, 2009, you you didn't have the internet on your phone you know it wasn't the same social media mm-hmm. i remember having to like log on to my computer to read my bebo messages you know yeah it was you didn't have the same access to yeah media. yeah so it really was a bit of a i guess i wonder if the bets were friends <laughs> well this is what jay says she says one of the things i struggled with was being accused of being her friend beforehand and stabbing her in the back but i've never met her in my life Weirdly, she sent me a friend request on Facebook a couple of weeks before all this happened. And I was like, why would Keisha from the Sugar Babes add me? And I sent her a message to say hi and never got anything back. Maybe it was a sign. Maybe Keisha knew. Maybe Keisha was cool about Jade coming in. It does make you wonder, what does that mean that she specifically friended her? Like, that's... I reckon there have just been rumours. Is it the real Keisha? Are there many Keisha Buchanans on Facebook? I mean, I am friends with Kelly Brook on Facebook when she added me years ago. You're not. I don't think it's the real Kelly Brook. Oh. Well, Jade doesn't make things better. Ahead of a performance at the Jingle Bell Ball, she says, I'm quite scared. I'm sure she wouldn't do anything to me, but... Which leads journalists to say she might get attacked because oh, for God's sake. angry black female stereotypes. But then, if yeah. you know, Jade... looking back, you can see it so clearly. Yes, yes they, they do. Listen, Jade is only nineteen at this point. She's reading these tabloids. We know it's bullshit. But if you're in that band, you know you might hear all these stories as well. You're not going to hear two sides fairly, are you? No, and also I d- I'm not. I don't want to accuse Jade either because. She could easily have been painted in exactly the same stereotype. Yeah, yeah. and this could all have been taken out of context. What she's I think it's more that she's just not. She's by this point she's been in the spotlight less than a year. Yeah, it's just a media savvy that she's not yet 
developed. Yeah. So she said something, you know, they probably said, are you scared? You know, she could do it. She probably yeah. thinks she's in a joke. And then when yeah. it's written yeah. down, she's like, oh yeah, I'm quite scared. I mean, she could do anything to me. You know, you, you don't yeah. know the context. It's true. <sighs> yeah. And Keisha being a, the last original member, like to be the one replacing her, that's, I mean, so many people who are more casual fans of the Sugar Babes, like, that's a huge talking point. Is it even the same band? Like, none of the original people are in it. It's ridiculous. I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Heidi is an original Sugar Babes. Okay. Sugar Babes, as we know them, is from Freak Like Me onwards. I know Overload was a big hit. No, I totally disagree. No one, if you asked people to name five Sugar Babe songs, most people would struggle. If you asked people to name five Sugar Babe songs, other than Overload, none of those other three would but come up But commercial success, it's, it's like the Siobhan Doherty album. Commercial success is different to... Donaghy album. Donaghy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, it's different to, you know, that's that's pop success. But when you think about how they started, Heidi how they did evolved. six albums. Siobhan did literally just over six but songs. But remember, we're not putting them against each other. I know, but what but I she's am not saying is original, Heidi is an original. Okay. She's close to an original. She's closer. She's more She's more of a sugar babe than Siobhan. I hate her. I don't... I have nothing against Siobhan. I love her. I bought her solo album with my bare money <laughs> on CD. I still have it. Yeah. I like her. I love her. But Heidi is more of a sugar babe than her. Okay, fair enough. I, I would say, maybe just for me personally, Mucha and Keisha are the sugar babes. For me, that's my personal issue. That's it. So, there there, I've said it. I mean, if I want to see three live, I want to see Mucha and Keisha. And Heidi. No, I do want to see Siobhan because I like the direction their music is And now. they're the best singers. But also, like, why but I do want to see Heidi. Here's my question. Why does it always have to be three? Why can't there be four? I'd love that. But Siobhan and Heidi have never met. <laughs> I wonder if they have. Heidi gets few enough of the vocals as it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, you imagine if Siobhan was in as well. She'd just be doing the sugar shuffle all day long. Well, after 11 years, at the age of 24, Keisha goes out into the world on her own reputedly with a six-figure settlement. Like I said, I would not be surprised if there's some sort of payoff, whether it's as part of a solo deal or if it's just a straight-out payoff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Probably a disclosure with that, a non-disclosure. If it's a redundancy. She's been made redundant, basically. There's always a payout. She's been there 11 years. Yeah. She might have earned more than Little Mix. It would explain why she's never done a big interview or a book. Yeah, it would explain. And, like, you know, if we were saying earlier, oh, like... What did we say a little bit sound like 500,000 or something? Yeah. Between them. Mm. Like, a six-figure settlement like could be more than a year's... Wait, like, that might be paying off our house, finally. Yeah. <laughs> what I do want to say is, after 11 years, this is all over within two weeks. So, it's two weeks. I did Detective Aaron with his monocle and magnifying glass, looked at the dates from that MSN exclusive of when they did the song... Yeah. The two of them, Heidi and um, Keisha. Yeah. Within two weeks, Jade is on set for the About a Girl video. That's such That's two a weeks there. tight turnaround, So there's man. obviously been some drama before then. Yeah. But at the point where Heidi and Keisha are performing, Keisha must definitely still be in. Yeah. So that's all happened in that. I mean, the management do not fuck around, do they? Jesus. And that's the story of the entire band. Is just, Every time it's like, and swap out. Within days. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be looking at the continued solo career 
of Keisha Buchanan. I can't believe I don't have a wine in front of me. You, you just wait in the fridge. I know, but I want to work out. And you can't work out drunk, is that the issue? Well, I mean, I can, but it's not very responsible. You told me up first thing. You're like, I, I'm going to bed because I'm going to work out first thing. But I didn't. I got out, up and wrote that TV treatment and then you came in. Oh. And I thought we'd have more time. Then you came in and you were like, oh, all right. And then we had a big row about music, right? We had, and I... I a res- I respectfully disagree yeah. agreement. We had a um, Jacinda out of here. <laughs> we had a moment. Um, and then I really thought, and then we got straight into recording and the whole time been thinking, when will I work out? When will I get drunk? And it has passed 12 o'clock, which there is, is my drink mark. But there is, there is time for both of those things to happen. I know, so I'm, not, I, I'm being funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the music video. Um, back to the get sexy number that was. Oh man, 